Here we go, folks. That is the bell to round number five, fight number seven, Pacific Coast Boxing. Punches and bunches, shoe shines in the corner, hot sauce to the ribs, ranchos al hígado. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado. Rick, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Just ready to talk boxing. Big, big week, Rick. We got the heavyweights back in action. There's something about the heavyweights, Rick, being back in action in boxing that just makes the week a little bit more special, man. No, yeah, definitely. I, I think after this fight, you know, I think we'll get some resolution on, you know, is uh, Tyson Fury retired, not retired? Yeah. You know, and we'll figure all that out. Yeah. You know, after this weekend. So you think the winner of this fight is actually going to have an impact on Tyson Fury's decision? I I think so. I think yeah. um, you know. I think, I think he's coming back regardless. Same here. But but I think if uh, Anthony Joshua wins, yeah, I think he's going to come running back. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think, and I would agree with that. By the way, except do they not have like a rematch clause to the rematch clause? Uh, I I don't believe so. I think it yeah. was just you know it's this just was a one. the rematch clause. Yeah. And I think if, uh, you know, Joshua wins, yeah. you know, they're going to run away from that third fight. Yeah. And, and by the way, um, I think you're right, by the way. I see. I don't think, I told you before, I don't think Tyson Fury is actually retired, right? Yeah, no. I know they're giving him all these mandates and the WBC is giving him this timeline, right? Deadlines, et cetera. Um, I think at the end of the day, he's the heavyweight champion of the world. It still means something, even mm -hmm. though it's kind of lost its luster from the Jack Dempsey, Muhammad Ali um, you know, those days, Joe Lewis, etc. I still think it means something, and I think you're right. So what you're saying is he's pulling for Anthony Joshua. I, I think he knows that that's, yeah. that's the big fight. Yeah. It'll make the most money. Yeah. Um, I still think he would fight Usyk. Yeah. Um, but I think he knows that, uh, you know, the money wouldn't be there. as Yeah, for and it's just not as intriguing. Let's yeah. be honest. It's just not as intriguing. As good as Usyk is, right, a lot of people mm -hmm. have him as their number two pound for pound. You have him as number four. Didn't even make my list, of course. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, if he beats Anthony Joshua, he's definitely on my list of top 10. And part of what I did, by the way, obviously was as much for effect, right? Yeah. Because I'm not a big believer in Anthony Joshua, the boxer, but I tell you what I am, Rick. I'm a big believer in Anthony Joshua, the human being, and his perseverance mm -hmm. and his dedication and his discipline to the sport. This is not a guy that you see getting in trouble. This is not a guy that you see ballooning up to 300 pounds. Yeah. He stays fit. Anyways, we're going to break that fight down, obviously, Rick, in a segment. Can't wait, mm -hmm. okay? Um, and then we're going to get our picks. Yeah. Okay? And I got some other heavyweight fights, by the way. So I got some other heavyweight fights, the rematches, mm -hmm. because, you know, history will repeat itself, Rick. So why not look at history as a predictor of future performance? Okay. So there's a lot of heavyweight fights, right, that have... Uh, that have gone pretty interesting when it comes to the uh, to rematches. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how this one plays that. out. Um, of course, we had the return of the TakeOver TakeOver mm -hmm. over the weekend. Yeah. So, you know, that was pretty interesting. We'll talk about that. The, you know, some of the interviews, right, before and after, I thought, were pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, because with Teofimo Lopez, right, it's never just about the fight. No. And the performance. Yeah, it's, it, it's everything else. You know, it's it's the entourage. Um, you know, we'll definitely get into it yeah. when, when, when we talk about the fight. But uh, a lot of interesting things going on. 
Yeah. You know, yeah, because with him, again, you know, it's two things, right? It's 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 the fight. How did he look from a, just a pure boxing perspective, yeah. right? Did he look sharp? Did he look different? Did he bring any new wrinkle? And then the second piece is where is he at from a from a psych perspective, from a mentality and from a mindset mm-hmm. with everything that this guy had going on when he lost to Cambosis, right? Financial issues, you got the marital, uh, you know, relationship issues, you know, supposedly, right? Um, the, of course, you got his dad, who we gave worst performance of the year. Uh-huh. Not even as a fighter, he got worst performance of the year for us for 2021. So he brings that second piece, which unfortunately for him is just as big as the in-ring performance. No, yeah, he's he's very charismatic. You know, he's he's good. Um, a, a good Teofimo Lopez is great for boxing. Yeah, you know. Oh and, yeah, and um, you know, the closer he is to the top. Yeah, you know the better for boxing. Yep, yep. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the whole fight, the post fight. You know what we thought about his performance. Um, can't wait to get into that. You know, I'll have my take, and then again, the fact that we voted his dad as the worst performance yeah. of the year for in, <laughs> period as a fighter or yeah. a trainer. That's a pretty big award to win. You know, yet Oscar De La Hoya in the uh, in the audience there rick yeah right? you know it uh you know they, they interviewed him and they got basically zero information out yeah of him. and by the way even uh even when they asked teofimo about ryan garcia didn't really touch it no right he really didn't touch on it i think he's not sold you yeah know, that, that he really wants that fight well because i think he knows by the way that he's somewhat still the a side when it comes like ryan garcia needs him more than he needs ryan garcia yeah. ryan garcia doesn't have a belt right no. although ryan garcia may have you know, boxing ability. What mm-hmm. he has more than that is market ability. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what Ryan Garcia has. Uh, but I think at this point, you know, and it was pretty evident in the post fight interviews that they're looking for titles. They're looking for straps. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Um, so, okay. So we got that coming up, right? We're going to talk about the post fight. Of course, we're going to talk about the Usek and, um, Joshua fight coming up, but we also got the fights again. We interviewed, you know, Ruben Ace Torres. That fight's coming up this weekend. We also got Emmanuel Navarrete back in action. And then, of course, we got Anthony Joshua, and then we got the Broner. Well, Broner's out of it, right? We used to have the Broner fight. Yeah, and that's too bad, and that's no surprise. And Figueroa, by the way, he's basically calling him out, saying, just tell it like it is. You weren't disciplined. You weren't ready, right? Yeah, you know, if if, if we find out that... uh you know, his next fight is going to be at welterweight instead of junior welterweight. Yeah. Then it was clearly just a weight issue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there, there's a lot, you know, busy weekend. I almost like, again, right, we talk about boxing and all the different sanctioning organizations and all the different promotions, mm-hmm. Rick. You wish that they could, you know, collaborate, right, and really organize these better. And it's very self-serving for us, right? But, you know, if possible, you, you, you have the, you stagger these fights, right? Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or you know, I, again, some of the some of the great fights. If you look up to your left there, Hagler and Hearns, that was uh, that was what they did. That was on a Monday, April fifteenth, right? Yeah, right above you there. That was on a Monday. So, you know, they if the fight is big enough, pe- people will watch it. Yeah, right. And so you wonder, right, in boxing, um, because you think about what it's going to do. You're going to split all the boxing audience. Yeah, it's just a very busy day. You know, yeah. early in the day, it's going to be uh, Joshua Nusik. Yeah. You know, then you have the, uh, you've got the Showtime card. Yeah. You've got the ESPN card. Yeah. And then, you know, the fights that we're going to be at as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, on, um, you know, out there at the Omega, Omega yep. products. That's right. 
Yeah, for Thompson. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and, and again, right? It's just UFC. How many how many cards do they got going on? Yeah. At one time. Yeah, just the one. Just the one. Yeah. That's it, right? And so that and that's how it should be. But yet boxing, we got. I mean, look. I'll say three. I mean, I'm not. I wasn't too excited about Broner and Figueroa. Yeah. But the other three, I'm very excited in. The mm-hmm. kid that's going to fight Louis Lopez. Louis Lopez is in for a fight, by the yeah. way. He is in for an absolute fight. Uh, this Saturday. I mean, that's a great card. Mm-hmm. Of course, Anthony, you know, Joshua Nusek, and then, of course, um, Emmanuel Navarrete. Yeah. All on the same day. Yeah. So, all right, Rick. Um, so before we, we, we get started, we do have one round number five mm-hmm. of our podcast. We always talk about a fight that ended in the round of the episode that we happen to be in. And because it is a heavyweight weekend, Rick, I'm going to go all the way back to the heavyweights, going a little bit old school. The 1976 fight of the year, Rick. This was Big George Foreman mm-hmm. against Ron Lyle. This fight ended in round number five. I've watched this fight actually a couple times, Rick, only because of all of the hoopla that I've heard. And as a boxing fan, I wanted to see. I don't remember this fight, by the way. Yeah. I was really just a kid back then, so I don't remember it. And what a fight. And by the way, this fight would have ended much sooner in round five. You know, this This is why I told you, when you see the Rocky movies and yeah. we're like, hey, that's a bunch of garbage, they would have stopped the fight. No, they wouldn't have. Yeah. Because the referees would not stop the fight back then, literally, unless the guy was, like, comatose. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so, in this fight, by the way, the it ended in round five, but the previous round, Foreman was down twice and Ron Lyle down once. Yeah. And then in round five, Foreman finishes off Lyle. Yeah, and... Um you know, a lot of people forget that uh, this was the fight where Foreman came back yeah. after losing uh, to Ali in the Rumble in the Jungle. So, That's right. Uh, Foreman did say that uh, you know Lyle was one of the toughest guys he ever fought. Yep. And uh, one of the hardest hitters. Yeah, I mean uh, Ron Lyle was forty three and seven. I mean, like a lot of fighters mm-hmm. back then, you know, he came back and kind of um, you know fought when he shouldn't have. But this guy fought everybody. Yeah. Okay, this guy fought everybody. He actually knocked out Ernie Shavers, who was considered one of the hardest hitters in the heavyweights at that time. Rick, yeah. he loses to Muhammad Ali. He lost to Jimmy Young, um, beat Oscar uh, Bonavena. So this guy, yeah, he, he pretty much fought a who's who mm-hmm. um, of the heavyweights back then. It was just that it was loaded with Foreman, Ali, Fraser, etc. But um, but yeah, heck of a fight. So for if those of you out there haven't seen it, YouTube it. Yeah. YouTube Lyle and Foreman. In fact, just go ahead and forward it like to round four and five, and you'll see why. By the way, yeah, he actually made a comeback. By the way, and he got knocked out by George Cooney in the uh, in the first round, Rick. Oh yeah, back yeah back in <laughs> 1980. And then he came back. By the way, won his last four fights, and then he finally retired at the ripe age of 54. Man. Oh wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, did win his last four fights. He did win his last four fights. Yeah, wasn't considered the greatest character outside of of the ring, Rick. Yeah. So there you go, man. All right, folks, lot to cover. We're going to get right back, talk about the Teofimo Lopez, break that fight down. Can't wait to talk about the heavyweight. Can't wait to hear your prediction, Rick. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've yeah. Been, uh, a lot My- of people have been hitting me up all week, you know, asking yeah. me, you know, who I've got, but uh, you'll have to wait. I'm known, Rick, as the heavyweight guy when it comes to calling yeah. heavyweight fights. I don't think I've missed a heavyweight fight in the last several years. I've, almost every fight I've called correctly. I called this one correctly. Yeah. I called Wilder Fury correctly. I haven't missed a heavyweight fight. Okay. So I've got to go I've, I've, I've got to pick for the. You go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I haven't missed a heavyweight fight. Yeah. I'm not going to. By the way, I have, a, I have a pick that may surprise you for this one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. 
Ruiz. If it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. All right, Rick, let's talk about the fights that happened over the weekend. Okay, so uh, Resorts World, uh, Las Vegas, and uh, it's Teofimo Lopez winning by um, knockout in the seventh round over Pedro Campa. Yeah, and I, by the way, we mentioned it on this podcast several weeks ago, right? I had said that this is Pedro Campa's like first or second fight outside of Mexico. Yeah. That's all you needed to know mm-hmm. as far as what kind of opponent. But I also said, we said that that's probably a good idea, right? Given yeah. where Teofimo Lopez had just came from, right? Sensational performance against Lomachenko. Horrible against Cambosas. Mentally wasn't ready. So you needed this kind of fight, right? Um, so, you know, I'll tell you, Rick. I don't know, you know, the propaganda machine, of course, is in full motion, right? If you read social media, there's even a lot of boxing pundits that, of course, TSPN, Tefuma looked great. He's back. He's ready. I don't think he looked great at all, Rick. Yeah. This is just me, okay? This is against a journeyman at best, a ham and egger, Rick, okay? Pretty much on the ham and egger level, although Mm -hmm. I do respect Kampa and what he's done in his boxing career. But, again, two things that I judge Tefuma on boxing as far as you know the physical aspect of it and mindset boxing i give him maybe a six okay the mindset i'm not sure if he's all the way back you know especially based on on some of the interviews rick yeah you know it's it's tough to know how how good a performance this was just because the opponent you know yeah you know he he's fought you know this is the second time out of um out of mexico that's what i thought yeah um you know it uh so it's hard to know and then, you know, Tiafilma hasn't fought in almost a year. Yeah. You know, and before that, since the Lomachenko fight, we're talking two years. This is the second fight. Right. Uh, we, we don't know if it was ring rest. Yeah. You know, but the over-under on this one was five and a half rounds, and, and, and it went over. Right. Right. So, um, you know, it, it's hard to gauge. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that it's just ring rest. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, if he's planning on getting back in the ring in, in December, like he said— I think that'll definitely help. Yeah, and it's going to depend because I'm going to tell you something, right? So here, this first fight at 140, and they were talking about it during the telecast. He wasn't the bigger man. He no. definitely looks much different at 140, Rick. Yeah. They're right. At 135, he looked huge, right? And, and, and he was hitting him with clean shots. Yeah. And he wasn't going anywhere. Nothing. He wasn't yeah. going anywhere. And, and so for me, right, if I'm one of the top 140-pound guys, yeah. that fight didn't scare me. Yeah. That fight doesn't make me say, damn, this is the new boogeyman of, of 140 pounds. If I'm Jose Luis Ramirez, right, I'm I'm skipping the uh, the honeymoon, right, and I'm signing a fight yeah. with Teofimo Lopez, like, immediately. That, you know, that that that's how normal that he looked at 140, right? Um, you know, obviously with him, you're going to have the antics, you're going to have the clowning, you're going to have all that. That's who he is, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm okay with that because that's kind of what makes Teofimo Teofimo. Yeah. I think he fights better when he's looser, right? Although I'll tell you, the fight against Lomachenko, he was extremely focused, Rick. Yeah. It was 15 rounds of being focused because it was a real opponent in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever, you had the antics. You still got his dad there. I still believe, same thing we said about Gabriel Flores, I still believe that if he ever wants to truly reach his potential or really uncover how good he can be, he's going to have to get a different trainer than his dad, man. Yeah, no, and and it was tough to know how good of how, what the instruction was. There was yeah. there was so much, yeah, so many commercials. Yeah, I, I don't even remember them going to the corner. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, because yeah. so, the last time we remember against Cambosas, yeah. it was f him up, f him yeah, up f now, him up. Yeah, kick so, his ass, f him up. So, so maybe that, that, that was, was the tactical of, boxing strategy. Maybe that was part of uh, you know hiding that part of Teofimo Lopez was yeah. was 
not going to the corner. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, the dad, you know, how many trainers do you see jump out in front of uh, the, the boxer to take pictures? Yeah, none. Y- yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I should say, yeah, only a few. Yeah. yeah. Danny, Lo- I mean, uh, you know, Lopez's dad, maybe, although I don't even know Lopez's dad does that, you know. Yeah. They should all take a page out of Jose Benavides, man. Uh-huh. Jose Benavides, just class, very humble, mm-hmm. right? Speaks very softly, lets his sons, lets the boxers take front stage, whether it's his son, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, Jose Valenzuela, yeah. et cetera. Um, you know, you look, you look at the 140 pound. I'm going to tell you right now, right? That fight changed, Rick, who I would pick now. If Josh Taylor fights Tufimo Lopez tomorrow, uh-huh. I'm taking Josh Taylor. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I am. It, you it, wouldn't. Yeah, no. It probably it. Uh, you know, I think Regis Progre said it said it best that yeah. he needs to fix his flaws before he he, he faces yeah. the bigger 140 pound. Um, oh, I agree. Fighters. That's another guy that yeah. I probably would uh, before this. I would have yeah. said, oh, he's gonna blow right through. Uh, you know, Rigorov. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think Progreus probably beats him as well. I think Catterall probably beats him. Taylor definitely probably beats him. That's to me. How game changing this performance was for me, and I don't—I honestly, I honestly don't get why everybody's all. Well, I know why. ESPN, of course, that's their yeah. guy, top rank. But everywhere else, I'm not sure why everybody's saying what a phenomenal performance. So as a journeyman, yeah, you know, second time fighting out of Mexico, right? And he had issue, and he had trouble putting him away. And then you got everything else. You were talking about some of the things he said before the fight, and the interview was kind of odd, right? Yeah, you know, um, I was watching the interview, you know, at, at the beginning of the telecast, and um, he just seems he, he's in that Deontay Wilder type mode where yeah. um, he's in denial about everything. Yeah, he still doesn't believe he lost, you know, to Cambosis in that yeah. fight. Um, you know, he's he's blaming you know the referees in his hand, and there's a conspiracy theory and. You know, that uh, the plan was for Cambosis to win. Haney to take the titles from him. Yeah. And then Haney to drop them back to Lomachenko so that Lomachenko could be a yeah. uh, unified champion. Yeah. Um, it, that, that's that, that's one big conspiracy theory. And then, um, you know, they were asking him about um, being a single father. Yeah. And he was in denial yeah. about being a single father. Yeah. You know, I haven't read anything about the wife, seen any pictures of the wife. Yeah. You know, since. It, yeah. And from everything that... I've seen and read. Yeah, they're separated. Certainly on Instagram, yeah. you don't you don't see all the uh, all the uploads of them anymore, right? No, and then she, she deleted her Instagram. So, yeah, you know it it uh, it definitely looks like they're not together anymore. Yeah, and he seemed like he was in denial of that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying with this guy, man. It's more than just in the ring stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and obviously this is for any fighter, right? There's yeah. always the you know the mental aspect of it. How are they going into the ring? And the more stable, right? Um, the, the, the situation is outside the ring fight, you know, foundationally there's a balance and they're going to fight better. That's just the way it is in any sport. Right. But this guy's got just so much stuff going on more than the regular fighter that, you know, that, that, that's the whole thing. As far as, you know, where does he go from here? You know, ESPN, of course, was really trying to, I mean, they were pimping, uh, you know, Barbosa jr. Big time. Right. Of course, because that's an ESPN guy. Um, wasn't even mentioned by name at all by Teofimo Lopez, no. right? And I don't blame him, right? He's there. He wants to fight for championship belts, right? He's calling out Josh Taylor. I'm sure he would fight Lomachenko. But I'll tell you what, um, that fight on, what do they call it, Heisman Day, whatever, his deal in December. Yeah, it was, it was I, December 10th. I yeah, I think that Arnold Barbosa Jr., I think he presents not only a formidable opponent, but he's a name. He's mm-hmm. ranked. Of course, for us, he's here at a SoCal. That's the perfect opponent, man. No, yeah, you you fight him, you know, and and you look impressive. You know, yeah. it's, not, it's not even yeah. going in there and winning 
um, if he goes in there and he looks impressive, I, I, I think he um, silences the, the, the yeah, doubters. That's right. Yeah, because Barbosa's, what is he, 27, 28, and 0 yeah. or something like that? Um, not a big puncher, right? Not a big knockout no. guy, but he's still undefeated and he's yeah. still beating, right? Um, forget about the Ham and Eggers. He's beating the Ham and Eggers. He's beating the journeyman. I mean, he's knocking on the door for an opportunity. So, you know, why not? Yeah. And then, and by the way, and career wise, right? From a um, for Tefimo Lopez, it would be a smart move to fight somebody like this before you step up and get you know knocked out against a Josh Taylor. Yeah. I mean that definitely. that's presumably what could happen. What are they going to do? You know, what kind of game plan is the dad going to devise, mm-hmm. man? Yeah, also a weird uh, kind of part to it was when they uh, interviewed De La Hoya. De La Hoya said that he was personally invited by Teofimo Lopez to yeah. one of the fights. Yeah. And that uh, he sent him a DM, and yeah. he, that's how he got his tickets. Yeah, yeah. How, how strange is that? Yeah, I know. That is pretty interesting, yeah. huh? That is pretty interesting. Yeah, and De La Hoya was there trying to put his plug in yeah. for his guy, you know, and, uh, you know. Obviously, Ryan Garcia, uh-huh. and he looked in uh, rare, you know his usual form as well. But you know, whatever you know, I don't think that's a fight that most people like. That's not a fight I want to see. You know, Ryan, with Ryan Garcia, obviously, we want to see him with you know finish with Tank Davis, finish Devin Haney, mm-hmm. and, and that whole deal. This is kind of another another lane, you know. Yeah. Well, there we go, Rick. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, with Teofimo, man. We had you guys, Andrew Zayas, right? No, yeah, Andrew Zayas. Um, I felt. Um, you know, he's building. Yeah. You know, you see he's now 14 and 0. Yeah. Um, you know, probably got hit too much in this fight for, yeah. for my liking and probably yeah. for his trainer's liking. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's still young and, and I think he's going to start figuring it out. And I think the reason why he got hit so much in this fight yeah. is because he was fighting Elias Espadas and not somebody that yeah. could really, yeah. you know, hurt him. Yeah, the thing is, right, is um, this was probably the first fight where we started seeing some chinks in the armor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We actually started seeing some opportunities for him, right? Um, he still looked good, right? I'm still I'm still sold on this guy, by the way. Yeah. Him, Jerome Boots, Enos, these are two of my favorite young fighters. Although Boonus, uh, you know, Enos is probably a little bit more, uh, you know, further along in his career. Yeah. But I love this guy, and I think this was a good fight because this was a tough Mexican fighter, by the way, mm-hmm. right? And this is what you need at this stage in your career. You need somebody who's going to test you. You need somebody who's going to identify some gaps, some opportunities, right? Some strategic adjustments that they need to make back in the, you know, back in training camp, back in the gym. So I thought it was fine. He did get hit a lot. But I also think, again, that he was probably opening up because he knew this guy couldn't hurt him. Yeah. So, um, no, but this guy's the real deal. Much different than, um, oh, gosh. Berlanga. Berlanga. Yeah. Yeah, much different. And I think they, they were, you know, starting to... You you see it starting to turn now. Yeah. Because even the ESPN guys are saying that hey now that yeah Cotto's retired right Xander Zayas is going to be the guy that uh, carries the torch. That's exactly you right. Know? Um and I think before they were saying the same things about Berlanga. Yeah yeah exactly I think he's going to turn in more I told you more into an uh, Eric Butterbean Ash more mm-hmm. of you know the king of the four round fights. Yeah. Um I think yeah I think uh you know he's been exposed yeah as to what he is man. All right, Rick, what else we got? Well, those are the two big fights, right? Yeah, that, that was pretty much all we got from uh, that card. All right, man, so let's take a quick break. Mm-hmm. We'll come back. Um, can't wait. Let's get into the Usyk-Joshua breakdown, yeah. give you our picks for the fight, right, which is going to, by the way, it's going to completely change everything in Vegas, Yeah. 
Right. So this will go out on Tuesday. Uh-huh. And, and, and you'll see the lines move. Yeah, the lines are going to move big yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, big time. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're getting hit up. When are you guys going to post this? Any chance you guys can post this podcast Monday night, you know? Yeah. Maybe we can. Maybe somebody hits us up. Uh-huh. We'll see. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. You know, I know we wanted to get to this segment, but Usyk, Joshua 2, the rematch um, in Saudi Arabia, of all places, Rick. By the way, that that's a little bit controversial, too, right? When you think about it, you know, they got the live golf, right? Uh-huh. A lot of people have issues with, uh, with you know, the fact that the Saudis are supporting them. And yet here is Anthony Joshua, his second fight in Saudi Arabia, by the way. Mm-hmm. At least, right? Because that's where he beat Ruiz, didn't he? I think that's where he lost to Ruiz. Okay. Or wait. I think he beat Ruiz. He beat Ruiz. Yeah, I think there. he beat okay. Ruiz in Saudi Arabia, right. But, I mean, it's kind of interesting, right, because it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a moneymaker to fight there, right? Yeah. And nobody really makes a big deal of it. In golf, they make a big deal of it because these guys that are kind of annexing themselves from the PGA. But, anyways, Rick, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's been since 2000, almost almost a year, right, to the day somewhat. Um, September 25th is when that fight took place. Yeah. Um, against Alexander Usek when, of course, he lost the unanimous decision. Here they are again, Rick, about a year later. What's going to be different about this fight this time around, Rick? What kind of a, let's, let's start with Usek, okay? Um, more of the same? I believe more of the same. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, from the videos I've seen, the, yeah. the photographs I've seen, yeah. Usek is, is, is starting to fill out a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I do think um, he he's going to be able to take the punch a yeah. little bit better, you know, than and he took it well last time. Yeah. You know, wasn't I'm not saying he didn't take it well last time, but yeah, I think the extra weight. Yeah. Um, you know, will be good for him, and it it'll be good for him in the fight. Is that going to impact though his speed though, Rick, and his stamina? Because that I think was one of his advantages, right? It's yeah. like. You know, you talk about the you know the better bigger man, the better small man, mm-hmm. and the small man won. But part of it was his ability to be elusive, right? His ability yeah. to box from the outside. And then as he was wearing down Anthony Joshua, he almost had him out towards the end of the fight. So yeah. is he giving up that competitive advantage? Right? I, I don't believe so. I think I think it'll be a little bit of weight. It won't be a lot. Um, and I think uh, he'll be stronger and probably fresher for this fight. Yeah, I I don't. Again, I. I I don't know, right? I think, mm-hmm. okay. And obviously both fighters, they've got to make adjustments. So that's one of the adjustments that he's making yeah. is what you're saying, right? Is they're bulking them up a little bit more, yeah. right? Um, other than that, right, it is really more of the same. Mm-hmm. He's got to outbox them. He's not going to win a fight, right? Um, and by the way, Usyk's not a small dude, okay? No. Usyk is 6'3", okay? Mm-hmm. He was listed at, what, it was like 200, 221 and a half, Anthony Joshua 240 for their first fight. He's 6'3", quick tail of the tape, right? 35 years old, from Ukraine, southpaw, 78-inch reach compared to um, Anthony Joshua, 32. Neither of them spring chickens, but in the heavyweight division, 32 and 35 is still somewhat their prime, right? Um, Three-inch height advantage for AJ at 6'6", and then a four-inch reach advantage at 82 inches, which Mm -hmm. he didn't take advantage of, and we'll get to that here in a bit. But, yeah, so for Usyk, I think more of the same. Got to box, got to stick, got to move. See, I don't like that strategy to gain weight and bulk up a little bit because I think he's removing his competitive advantage, 
And this will probably more than likely then be the heaviest that Usyk has fought. Yeah, you know, it could be, you know. Um, but I think, you know, the gradual, you know, it's been a year for him, too, as well. You yeah. And in, in fighting. Yeah. So um, I, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll carry the weight yeah. uh, just fine. You know, um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, not just me, he's not number four pound for pound in my rankings for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned that before the fight, Rick. I yeah. told you you had him ranked at number four. A lot of people have him ranked at number two, uh-huh. right? I think Anthony Joshua is almost out of a lot of people's rankings, right? Yeah. Is that a mine? Yeah, he's out of he's out of yours. He yeah. never. I don't think he, he. Obviously, he never made mine. Well, you yeah, know. Exactly. Yeah, that was that wasn't yeah. that wasn't going to happen. Uh, Usyk, by the way, right, talks about how for him, right, he's not fighting for money or recognition, mm-hmm. right? He says he doesn't need this, right? Yeah. This is Usyk, and I'm quoting. He says, I don't need to become the greatest. I'm just doing my job now and will continue doing it as long as my heart is beating. He says, yeah. the only thing I'm on my way is to save my soul. Everything else is just life, Rick. Okay. That's Anthony Joshua, yeah. right? So he's fighting for his soul. I mean, I'm sorry. That is uh, Usyk mm-hmm. is saying that. Joshua is saying that, quite simply, I'm quoting, I have to reverse the roles on August 20th. You can put me down. But it is difficult to keep me down. Yeah. There you go, Rick. So then from Anthony Joshua's perspective, right? Obviously, you know, the guy who lost the first fight has to make the biggest adjustments, mm-hmm. right? So he one of his first adjustments is a new trainer yeah. in Robert Garcia, who of course does not have a heavyweight champion mm-hmm. in his stable, which, you know, that's not putting that's not any put down. Not a lot of trainers do. Yeah. Right? So you know, so that's not that's the first adjustment. Adjustment. He went to a different trainer. What kind of wrinkles? What can Robert Garcia show him? Right, from um, his perspective, Rick. I'll tell you, it's pretty simple. He's got to assert himself. Yeah. He's got to fight like the bigger man. Okay. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that in fight number one. He allowed Usyk to really dominate and set the pace and the tempo yeah. of how the fight was fought. He has, and he. By the way, there was a couple of rounds where he did land right, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see, and it's like, okay, here it is. Now the momentum's going to turn, yeah. but he wasn't able to sustain it. So I think, although he comes in great shape, right, every single fight, I think just the opposite. I think he needs to come in a little bit lighter, uh-huh. and which and he's still going to outweigh him by 25 pounds probably. Yeah. And I think he needs to turn this into a phone booth type of fight, Rick. No, yeah, I, I feel like um, he needs to be the aggressor. Yes. Um, he needs to make the fight... Um, you know, Bernard Hopkins type of fight. Inside, yes, dirty. Exactly. You know, uh, maybe a couple of elbows, you know, yep. maybe, uh, you know, headbutts, you know, but um, he needs to be the guy that's pushing the action. I think that's why they brought in, you know, Robert Garcia. Yep. You know, more for the offensive side of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely think um, Joshua's known for tiring late. Yeah. You know, um, yep. and, and a lot of it has to do with. The heavy bodybuilding. That's exactly that, right. Um, That's exactly right. You know, and so he definitely needs to come in lighter. Yeah. Maybe not so bulky with 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 the uh, you know yep. the bench press and That's this right. and that. That's right. Um, you know, and, and I think that'll help a little bit. Yeah. You know that the, those are the kind of the adjustments uh, I can see. And then, yeah, like you were saying, fight like the bigger fighter. Yeah. You know, um, right. Tyson Fury. Uses that yeah. his advantages better than anybody else. That's right. Anthony Joshua needs to do more of the same. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, he's got the Greek, you know, God Adonis body. Yeah. But that doesn't work in boxing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't that doesn't mean anything. In fact, it does tire you more. So yeah, I think strategically 
he cannot allow Usek right to dictate the pace of the fight. Yeah. That is the big thing. He needs to be very disruptive, which is exactly what Usek did in fight number one, yeah. right? He disrupted Anthony Joshua by boxing, jabbing, combinations, and then before you know it, Usek had put six, seven rounds away and the fight was over. Yeah. Um, Joshua, by the way, I felt Joshua did hurt him a couple of times in the fight because he is the bigger fighter. So I think that it's okay for Joshua to be the aggressor, Rick, and even lose some rounds. Yeah. Okay, this sounds kind of funny, but... You can lose some rounds, but really, like you said, make it a, a Hopkins, make it a dirty fight, maul him, smother him, right? Hit him with elbows, hit him in the arm, right? Yeah. Wear the little man down. That's what you need to do, right? A lot of clinching, a lot of grabbing, a lot of even when you have to push a fighter away from you, Rick, that takes a lot of strength and yeah. you're exerting a lot of energy. He has to force Usek to do that kind of stuff. For 12 rounds. And if Usyk can do that for 12 rounds and stand there, he probably lifts his hands and is the winner. Okay? But I think that's what Joshua needs to do. A little bit of history, Rick, before we go into fight predictions, Mm -hmm. okay? Because there's been a lot of heavyweight fights with rematches. So here's a few, okay? Um, Lennox Lewis, one of your favorite fighters, and Evander Holyfield, okay? Fight number one, a split draw. Mm-hmm. Fight number two, Lewis wins yeah. by decision. Okay, Holyfield Tyson. Holyfield wins the first one by TKO. Second one, of course, the infamous bite incident. Holyfield yeah. wins that one. Here's another Holyfield. Holyfield Bo. Mm-hmm. Bo wins the first one. Holyfield wins the second. All right. Ali Fraser. Fraser wins the first. Ali wins the second. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fury Wilder, of course. Right. A draw. Fight number one. Fury wins the second one. Yeah. A little bit old school, right? Joe Lewis and Max Schmeling. We talked about this in round one a few weeks ago. Max Schmeling knocks out Lewis in the first fight. Joe Lewis comes back and knocks out Schmeling mm-hmm. in round number one, Rick. Okay? So there's um, there's the historical perspective, Rick. Some of those, it was the fighter that lost the first one. Ali comes back and wins the second, right? Yeah. Joe Lewis comes back and wins the second. Uh, Fury comes back and wins the second, essentially against Wilder, when mm-hmm. everybody thought that he was out. Okay, so the question is, right? Can Anthony Joshua do the same thing? Can he make all the adjustments that we just mm-hmm. talked about? Can he make the adjustments, and can he come out victorious yeah. in this particular fight, Rick? What do you think? Um, I'll keep it short. Yeah, uh, I'm saying no. Okay, you know I don't think yeah. he can. You yeah, know, I I think. Um, the number one thing he can't fix. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've discussed it numerous times on this on this podcast. Yeah. The English chin. <laughs> the, the, there's nothing to, to, to help yeah. save that. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it is still there. Yeah. It is still worrisome. Yeah. Um, in order to win this fight, he's yeah. going to have to put himself in harm's way. Yeah. And he, what he's going to do. Yeah. Or what he's going to try to do is... The um, Andy Ruiz two yeah. fight, yeah, where he just boxes, boxes, yeah. boxes, and I think Usyk is going to be able to outbox him, yeah, fighting that that way, yeah. Um, I I have more of the same, yeah. U- Usyk winning this uh, fight by decision. Well, see, he's he's not going to be able to to pull the same right strategy mm-hmm. that he against Ruiz, obviously. No, right? but but I think he's going to be silly enough to try it. Well, but okay, but he he but he did change his strategy against Ruiz. Now, of course, Ruiz came in super bloated, uh-huh. right? 
Um, and so it, it made it easier. It fed yeah. right into, no pun intended, right? Yeah. Fed right into Anthony Joshua's strategy, which was Ruiz has quick hands. He's mm-hmm. got some pop. Stay away. And basically, you can turn it into just a glorified sparring session yeah. for 12 rounds. That's what he did. Uh-huh. This particular case, Rick, like we've talked about, he's going to have to mix it up. Uh-huh. He's going to have to mix it up. Now, here's the thing. Usyk's not a big puncher. Okay, Usyk's not a big uh, a knockout artist. Okay, um, you can you can check the numbers, but you know, yeah. nineteen and 0, 13 knockouts. Yeah. Okay, that's not. Yeah, you could say, hey, wait a minute, that's you know, fifty percent. You know what I mean? Knockout guys are, are yeah. eighteen, especially you know the opponents that he's fighting. Right. I mean, he didn't even knock out Derek Chisora. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he did TKO your your guy Tony Ballou. <laughs> what what I'm saying is that I think that. He doesn't have to be afraid of getting hit because Usyk heard him only through the late rounds, right? Yeah. When he started wearing down, mm-hmm. that's kind of when he started getting injured, or when he started getting started feeling it. But it wasn't from one punch. Usyk yeah. doesn't have that one punch power, so that plays into Anthony Joshua, Rick. Mm-hmm. All right, which leads to my prediction, Rick. Right, because I'm kind of like the de facto. I'm the source on heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't. I don't remember the last time I've missed a heavyweight fight, yeah. Rick. Okay, and so here goes, Rick. Uh-huh. Winner of this fight, yeah. Anthony Joshua, Rick. Oh wow. Anthony Joshua is going to make the adjustments that he needs. Okay, he's got Robert Garcia. You know, he's shown Rick that you know when his back is against the wall, mm-hmm. he focuses. Um, I think that the one thing you got to re- you got to you got to remember with this guy is the intestinal fortitude and the mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, regardless of whatever, you know, maybe uh, you know, Vladimir Klitschko was was not in his prime, doesn't matter, okay? Yeah. This guy, I think, I don't want to say he's the real deal, not like Holyfield, but I really do. I love his demeanor, I love his mindset. I think he's very motivated. I think that Usyk also has a lot of distractions. We didn't talk about everything going on in Ukraine, uh-huh. right? That's got to be a distraction. Usyk is gaining weight. He's a little bit heavier. It's going to play right into Anthony Joshua. I think he's got a different game plan, okay? Um, I wouldn't even be surprised with the KO, Rick, because I'm going to tell you something. He hurt Usyk, okay, mm-hmm. at least once in the middle rounds of that fight. And I think if he turns it into a dirty fight and Usek, by the way, now you said that AJ is going to be in harm's way. So is Usek because he's going to be in a firefight, this yeah. fight. And it's going to be much different. And now you're going to see the difference between three-inch height advantage and 20 to 30 pounds. Yeah. I got AJ, Rick. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know. Uh, I, I still think that the great equalizer is that chin. He knows that that chin's not uh, what it should be. And I feel like, um, you know, he's not going to be as willing to engage and – if he gets caught with something early, he might just shell up and, and hope to get a decision at the end. Here's and the thing, though, Rick, but this this is this is his legacy. This uh-huh. is everything because this is a big fight. Because if you think about it, right, think about if you're Anthony Joshua, what happens if you lose this fight? Okay. Yeah. Now, he's still got the name, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it would still be a big fight. He could fight the winner. Even if he loses, he could fight the winner of Wilder and uh, yeah. Hellenius, mm-hmm. right? And we would still watch that, yeah. wouldn't we? Especially if it was in the UK, right? I mean, we would still watch it, but, right, no longer would he be a champion, right? Mm -hmm. Gets beat by a guy twice. This is his legacy on the line, Rick, right here. Yeah. Bigger fight for AJ than it is for Usyk. Yeah, I I just don't think, um, you know, 
he seems soft to me. I, yeah. I think, you know, I've seen those 24 sevens and, yeah. and he doesn't like that term. Yeah. He just seems a little soft to me. Yeah. He seems that way, Rick, but I'll tell you what though, man, but you know, look at the physical condition he's in yeah. and what it, no, the, by the way, when you get to that, you know, that point, right, it's tough to call a fighter soft, but I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Um, I just think that he's going to, I think that he's going to come ready, Rick, and he's going to be able to do strategically what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. He's going to smother him. He's going to turn it into a dirty fight. He's going to basically try to land more haymakers early and often and he's going to connect see but i don't think that's him like he's going to have to totally reprogram himself to be able to do that and i just don't think he's had enough time with robert garcia to do it here's the thing though rick but can can usek repeat what he did fight one this this is the thing right what he did it's very similar to what teofimo did against lomachenko Mm -hmm. if teofimo fights lomachenko again does that fight go the same way but but that's what usek does you know, I, th- I think that's that that's the fighter Usyk is. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to have to change much, and and to be able to do it again. He's not right, but the thing is, right? He's going up against a guy Anthony Joshua who's going to make yeah. some adjustments, and he's got Robert Garcia, and I don't know if if Usyk is going to be ready to combat that. Mm. I'm just telling you. But here's the thing: I wouldn't be surprised if Usyk is winning the fight on rounds. Okay, but it's Anthony Joshua landing the bigger blows. No, it could be. Garcia's going to teach him how to use that, you know, the the four-inch reach advantage, Uh the three-inch height advantage. I think he's going to leverage that. I think he's going to use that as a competitive advantage. Um, By the way, from a a numbers perspective, okay, so the the house would favor you, by the way. So they've got um, Joshua, or they got a um, Usek. At uh, not not by much. I think it's like a minus 200. Minus 200. I've seen minus 215. Yeah. Yeah. Joshua was like what a plus plus one seventy five, yeah. So I mean, you know, so he's favored. Yeah, I yeah. got minus two hundred plus one seventy. Okay, mm-hmm. so there you go. Yeah, Usek by knockout is plus one eighty seven. Yeah, so they don't think he's gonna knock him out. Okay, Joshua by knockout plus two sixty. Yeah, check this out. Joshua by decision is plus eight fifty. Oh wow, which is kind of crazy. So what that's telling you is they're saying. The lot, you know, what, what the house is saying is mm-hmm. that if Joshua's going to win, it's going to be my knockout. Yeah. If it goes to decision, he's going to lose. Mm-hmm. That's basically what the money line is saying, right? Yeah. And and I, I I would agree with that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I would tend to agree with that, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, there you go, Rick. We're yeah. split. We're I got split. I have AJ by uh, possible knockout, but mm-hmm. by a uh, I, I I don't even know. So I'll say majority decision. Yeah. Majority decision. Majority decision. You yeah. have Usek by. I, I I think it'll be unanimous decision. Unanimous uh, yeah. decision. I, I I could even see Joshua getting stopped late. Yeah. You know, uh, tiring out and. Uh, undefeated yeah. in Saudi Arabia, Rick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Ma- so am I. But. He he made up, <laughs> <laughs> made up right a tone for his fight, Ruiz. All right, uh-huh. there there you have it. There's the breakdown. At the end of the day, what we're saying is, though, what an intriguing fight and yeah. what an interesting fight, man. Yeah, and, and you know, it's probably better for boxing yeah. if, if Joshua does win. Yeah. You know, then, yeah. we, then we get Fury. Guaranteed yep. we get Fury, um, Joshua. Oh, without a doubt. Next, and then, um, you know, there, there's other fights out there. Yeah, without a doubt, because yeah. that fight, the Usek and uh, Fury fight, not as appealing. Not as appealing, and, and I'm not 100% sure... I think it'll happen. I'm leaning more towards it will happen. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because what is there at that point yeah. other than to, you know, remember what we talked about, to unify and be the undisputed champion? Uh -huh. What does that mean nowadays? Yeah, and he's, right? he's already, you know, it, he, he may get rid of the WBC title. Yeah. And, um, he's already, like, relinquished the... Um, the ring magazine yeah. title, which yeah. which will be on, yeah. you know. Um, they'll be fighting for the ring title, yeah, right? The be winner, yeah. The ring title on this one. Yeah. The coveted uh, ring title. Yeah. You know, but probably, you know, more official than the other titles. Yeah. No, yeah, it is. Uh, oh, yeah, no, it certainly, certainly is. So, certainly is. There you have it, Rick. Yeah. And um, oh, so you want to get into the other? Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, also. Um, oh, just just to FYI, yeah. On the uh, Usyk Joshua yeah. card, yeah. The card starts at nine a.m. Yeah. Pacific time. Wow. And the uh, the main card starts at uh, noon. Oh, okay, there you have it. So yeah. noon Pacific. Noon if you're Pacific. tuning in, that's yeah. when the that's when they uh, should be entering the ring. Yeah, maybe not the main event, but yeah. I think a couple before that. Okay. Um, also this weekend, the Showtime card, which yep. was supposed to be Adrian Broner versus Omar Figueroa Jr. Yeah. Um, Adrian Broner, um, citing mental health issues, yeah. has withdrawn from the fight, and now it's uh, Sergey Lipinets. Yeah, and we have no idea, by the way. You know, yeah. Figueroa was calling him out, and I don't blame him, saying probably because of your lack of discipline, couldn't mm -hmm. make weight, which I tend to believe. Yeah. With Broner, you never know. I mean, I'm surprised Broner was even headlining a fight like this, but he still got the name, so. Still got the name. So you know, be it. People wanted to see him, yeah. you know, and then uh, PBC's, you know, Big with uh, Broner. Yep. Um, also, there's ESPN card. Yep. We've got Emmanuel Navarrete versus right. uh, Ed Eduardo Baez. Yep. For Navarrete's uh, WBO featherweight title. Yeah, and I don't think Navarrete is going to have a problem in that fight. No. By the way, becoming like his second home, right? We saw him yeah. fight there against Joe Gonzalez. Yeah. In an absolute war. And, and and this is my luck of the week, by the way. Luck of the week is Emmanuel Navarrete. Yeah. Okay. You know, not Usyk, huh? No, no, de definitely uh, okay. the, the safe. Uh, okay. Also on the undercard, we've got uh, Giovanni Santian. The, the last time we were there, yeah, it's a San Diego kid. Yeah. Um, I think also from the Robert Garcia gym. Yeah, is he? We'll have uh, to check. Uh, yeah, I'm, Robert I'm Garcia sure. won't be there training no, him. That's he won't for be sure. There, yeah. Yeah, that's the kid. Um, uh, Chris. Uh, Chris was sparring with. Okay. Yeah. And then. Um, Chris Lee Saraga, ready to turn pro. Your guy. Nicole Walsh. Oh yeah. Also on the yeah, card. Yeah. Great. <laughs> they say they're they're like setting him up eventually to fight uh what is it? Logan or Luca, what one of those guys. Who's the guy? The uh, the the, uh, the YouTube guy. Oh, Logan Paul? Logan Paul, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um also fights that uh, we'll be at yeah. the at the Omega Products International in Corona. Yeah. Yep. We've got uh, Ruben Ace Torres versus yep. uh, Christian Baez. Yep. By the way, um you know, they matched him up. I know he told us last week, you know, I said he didn't have an opponent. He corrected me, and obviously he yeah. was right. But um, tough opponent. So mm -hmm. he's fi he's fighting a tough guy. I'll tell you, though, Louis Lopez is going to be in for a scrap, man. Yeah. He's fighting a young up-and-comer. Louis Lopez is a young up-and-comer. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a good fight, man. I mean, if those of you are in Southern California, I wouldn't be surprised if it's already sold out and it's standing room only. But those are two excellent fights that are taking place, Rick. And and great venue. Oh know, yeah, not a, not a bad seat in the house. Yeah, you know, love love going to go see those fights. Yeah, there. no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we're pulling for you know Ruben Ace Torres and Louis Lopez. You know, the pride of Corona to to pull those out. Um, I'm feeling good with uh, Ruben Ace Torres. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel that you know Louis Lopez has what it takes to win, but I'll tell you what, he's going to be in a dogfight. Yeah, I'm telling yeah. you that right now. But no, yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, those those fights. Yep. Um, and that's probably it for the uh, schedule for the weekend. All right, Rick, let's come right back. Let's cover all the boxing news, and of course, we have the stat of the week. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz back with Rick Prado. Man, I can't wait, man. What a weekend. No, there's a lot of good fights, and uh, you know, just just interesting to see what happens. Yeah. After all these fights, everything, all the dust is settled. Yeah. And uh, you know where we can go from here in boxing. Yeah, yeah, because there's all these fights, right? And all the cards. I mean, other than the Navarrete fight, right? Yeah. I mean, he's gonna more than likely win that fight, mm-hmm. and then he's probably gonna wait for Santa Cruz and you know, and and, yeah. um, and Lee Wood. Yeah. But you know, Ruben Ace Torres wins that fight, and like we talked about, he's that he's ready. Yeah. Right to face somebody in the top fifteen. And same with Louis Lopez. He wins that fight, and they're probably going to step him up. Yeah. That's going to be a tough fight. Uh, and then, of course, the you know the heavyweight championship of the world, or one version of it. Yeah. I can't wait, man. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Leo Santa Cruz, Lee Wood. Yeah. Uh, they finally reached a deal, and uh, their yeah. fight's going to be uh, November 5th or November 12th. Yeah, and that's going to be stateside, right? Yeah, More than I'm likely. pretty sure, yeah. Okay. Um, we've got... Um, Bivol and um, Gilberto Ramirez, yeah. their, their purse bid is set for uh, August 21st. Yeah. So, um, you know, hopefully that can get settled, you know, even before it gets to purse bid. Yeah, that's another fight that I think is intriguing and yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Again, I'm not, just because I'm not sold on Gilberto yeah. Ramirez doesn't mean he's not a good fighter. Um, this will be, in my opinion, right, the, the first real test. Yeah. For Gilberto Ramirez, it really will be. You know, Jesse Hart doesn't count. No. And some of these other guys that he's beaten, um, this will be his first test. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, in this fight, we're not getting number one versus yeah. number two in that division, yeah. but we're probably getting number two and number three. Yeah. Probably. Maybe even two and four, depending on how yeah. you look at it. But, yeah. um, you know, the, the definitely the winner of this fight yeah. puts themselves in, in position to get that Beater BF fight. Yeah. And then who knows? You know, I, I mean, yeah, I still obviously would like to see Bidirbev and Bivol. Yeah. So, but that's but if we can't get that fight, then that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. We'll take Bivol and Gilberto Ramirez. That's going to be for yeah. the uh, WBA, by the way, because uh-huh. uh, Ramirez is listed as number one in the WBA. And the uh, speaking of the WBA, they've stripped um, Juan Francisco Estrada <laughs> yeah. um, of the uh, of the title, and now yeah. Joshua Franco is the only 115 um, pound uh, champion for the WBA. Yeah, go figure, huh? Yeah. Forget who the other guy was. I think it was Mike Weaver back in the day who was crowned the only fighter to win or one of the heavyweight championship without not winning it in the ring. Mm-hmm. You know? So you're saying he's his, uh, which, which, does WB? Well, I think he did fight for it, yeah. but, but it was like the interim title or it yeah. was the regular one. And I think the WBA wanted them to fight each other. Yeah. But Estrada didn't want to do it. Yeah, because he's already listed, yeah. right, as one of their whatever, you know, interim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got their whole super moniker. It's it's all a joke. Yeah. Right? And again, right, so if you don't want to fight their – if you fight their mandatory, you got to pay them a couple hundred thousand mm-hmm. for the privilege to keep their belt. Yeah. So I think that's ridiculous. I think the fight we want, by the way, is Estrada against Fernando Martinez. Yeah. That's the guy that beats here, got uh, Rungvesi. Mm-hmm. That's the kid right there. Yeah. That kid is something else. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we, we, we spoke about the heavyweights and, uh, you know, Tyson Fury, you know, he says he's retiring again. Yeah. There was talk of him fighting Chisora again. That fight is now off. You know, basically what that's telling me, there wasn't enough money yeah. to make that fight. Yeah. That was going to make Tyson Fury happy. Um, the winner of the fight this weekend, Usyk yeah. and Joshua, the money will be better. Yeah. Tyson Fury won't be retired and um, they'll be ever everything will be in line to yeah. unify all the titles. Yeah, I know he keeps saying he, uh, uh, he's predicting that Usek is going to beat Anthony Joshua, uh-huh. but I think deep inside, right, he wants it the other way around. No, because no. like we talked about, AJ wins, and you mm-hmm. talk about a mega fight. Mega fight, you know, you put it at Wembley. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's a huge fight. Yeah. Um, and I, by the way, I wouldn't blame him. I said this before. I wouldn't blame him for retiring either, man. Yeah. Guy's got all the money in the world mm-hmm. he needs. Super charismatic, okay. He can he can monetize Rick, uh, not just his fighting abilities, but his charisma, yeah. right, and his ability to light up a microphone. So he doesn't need mm-hmm. the ring, yeah, to, to to generate revenue. He's got other sources of revenue stream. No. WWE, yeah, you WWE, know? you know, um, you know, and, and like you mentioned on the microphone, you yeah. Know, what if he were to start, um, you know, calling fights? That's right. You oh know, yeah, and and breaking breaking down fights. And I, I don't think, um, you know, there's not too many people. Yeah, he's almost like a WWE wrestler. Yeah. When he takes the mic and yeah, oh uh, yeah, you know, he's singing. He's got the whole that's the right whole arena singing. That's what I'm saying. The, so, the guy, you know, he can bank millions yeah. just on himself and and how he is outside the ring. Mm-hmm. So he really doesn't need boxing, but even he knows. That if Joshua wins, the fight with Joshua would be humongous. Yeah, it'd be huge. The, you know, not only from a fight perspective and an event perspective, but from a payday perspective. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And, He's not going to turn that down. And I think it's a fight he easily wins. Yeah, I think he. Oh you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he beats him as well. Yeah, yeah. he does. Um, he does. Then he can sail off into the sunset. Yeah. Um, and that's it for the boxing news. I'll tell you one thing you didn't oh, bring up a couple weeks ago, Rick. Okay. Um, was the Sylvester Stallone not being happy? Oh, okay. I mean, we're big Rocky fans, we, we Rick. Did, we did talk about that. That's right. Yeah. Fill us in. What happened, Rick? So um, it looks like they're going to be making a Drago spinoff. Yeah. You know, they've already done the Creed spinoff. And yeah. I guess um, Rocky's not too happy with the producers or, yeah. the, or the person that owns the, that franchise. Yeah. And I guess it, it sounds like Rocky's kind of been cut out of the deal. Yeah. Where, you know, the producer guy is making a, a ton of money off of everything. Yeah. And uh, he also he got a, uh, upset with uh, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. About hey, you know, how could you you know <laughs> yeah. do the spinoff, not tell me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Dolph Lundgren did come out and say. Yeah. He thought he knew. Yeah. That he was part of the whole like. Oh uh, wow. Putting it together. Yeah. So he didn't. Um, he didn't know Rocky wasn't involved. Yeah. Um, it's so, kind of hard to believe, yeah, right? It's kind of hard to believe. Um, you know. Well, yeah. We'll see how it all kind of plays out. Yeah. Um, it is going to be kind of weird because I know there was no plan on having Rocky in yeah. the Creed 3 movie. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. you know, what are they going to do? Kill him off? And then, then for sure he's, he's done with all yeah, these things. Yeah, that's right. And how can they? Te- yeah. Technically, they wouldn't be allowed to kill him off, right? Yeah. I guess they can. Yeah. You, you, I'm see, but, they, they probably could. Yeah. Um, but... Um, I mean, look, you know, whatever the case, right? It's like yeah. on one hand, hey, cool, it's a boxing movie, mm-hmm. but do we really need to see a movie about, you know, Drago's son? 
I mean, what what's going to be this? What's the storyline? Yeah, what's the story? What, is, he, is he going to get a WBA title? The only yeah, the only storyline I could think that any of them, and we've cl- been clamoring for this, is to bring back Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. Somehow Clubber Lang has a son, and, and and he just disappeared. Yeah, so yeah, he just disappeared. So I don't know, man. You know, it's, but anyways, I wanted to bring that up just to get our Rocky fans up to speed because yeah. obviously we talk a lot of Rocky on the show, make a lot of references, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, we'll see, man. I, you know, I think it's odd that he's been cut out of the of the Creed movie. Yeah, at the um, at the fight, um, at the Ryan Garcia fight, by the mm-hmm. way, um, Michael B. Jordan was there. Okay, in between fights, and they were filming and cutting soundtracks for the fight. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So he had like a guy running through, like pretending to be a fighter, uh-huh. and then all the crowd, everybody was standing up, right? So okay. he was telling the crowd how to react. So they were filming that so they could use that for the movie. Oh wow. Yep. That's pretty good. There you go. I was impressed, Royal Rick, so I yeah. couldn't really participate, you know? All right, folks. There you go. Covering you on all bases. We'll be right back. Big stat of the week, and then we'll close this round five down. We'll be right back. Pacific Goes Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, and Rick Prado. Rick, everybody's favorite. Water cooler talk, stat of the week. They can bring this back to wherever they're at. What do we got, Rick? So this week I was able to find the boxer with the most WBC title bout wins. Yeah. Um, I mean, we. I, I mean, to me, it, this is kind of an easy one simply yeah. because he seems seemingly, right, tied at the hip to Suleiman yeah. and all the WBC. It has to be the great JC, Julio Cesar Chavez, right? Yes. Um, he, he got uh, he had 31 victories in, in WBC 31. Title, title bouts. Yeah. Wow. Which which makes yeah. sense, you yeah. know, why um, mm-hmm. Chavez Jr. Yeah. would always be bumped to the front of the line. That's exactly right. You know, for all those, yeah. all those times. Just like his dad, what we talked about. Remember when Chavez moved up to the 140-pound division that we were talking about with Tiffima mm-hmm. Lopez? Immediately went up to the mandatory for against Costa Zoo. Yeah. That didn't work out so well for no, him. No, Right. <laughs> but 31, I mean, that's pretty, I mean, that. I mean, again, that's a career for people, right? Yeah. And this guy's 31. Didn't win all 31 of them, I bet. No. Right? You're saying 31. No, no, he won 31 victories. Oh, so 31 victories. Sorry. Victories. So 31 so, victories. Um, okay. I probably, for, for the next time, I can count up the losses. Yeah, yeah. But he definitely had 31 victories. In, oh, no. In yeah. That's a career for some people, right? Yeah. But, and that spans multiple weight divisions, obviously, mm-hmm. right? That's probably what? 130, 135? 135, maybe 140. A few at 140. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Did he win a championship at Featherweight at 126? Oh, that's. It seems a little seems a little light for him, yeah. right? But either way, 31, 31 uh victories for the WBC. I wonder who's next. Like this who's even close, right? Yeah, it, I would think Mayweather cuz he had Mayweather yeah. had the yeah. WBC title for a long time. Yeah. And, um he's really tied in with the um with the Sulemans. Yeah. Also the um a lot of those by the way. I wonder how many of those 31 were Don King promoted, right? I would say majority of probably them. almost yeah. all of them, right? Yeah. yeah, didn't he one time say? Remember in an interview, like Don King, like that, that this is my father. I think he called him like his dad. Yeah, yeah, I remember after an interview, he got he got kind of got a you know little emotional. His uh, carried his, away. His first WBC yeah. title was the WBC Super Featherweight title, 130. At uh, it was a uh, 1984 yeah. at the Grand Olympic Auditorium. Yeah, there you go. He fought a lot at the Olympic, man. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then from there on in, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a good pull, Rick. 
That is a very good poll. There you go. Now we can walk around and say Chavez has the most WBC yeah. wins. Um, well, we'll see what happens this weekend, Rick. The heavyweights are finally in action. Um, I'm telling you, man, it's going to be it's going to be an intriguing fight. Um, the WBA, the the IBF, and the WBO. Yeah, you know, ironically, it's the WBC WBC belt that's not going to be up for grabs yeah. because that belongs to Tyson Fury. So. But three belts are going to be up for grabs, Rick. Going to be a great weekend of boxing. We're going to be out there in the mix attending the event. I'll see you this Saturday, and then we will talk again next week, Rick. Yeah, see you next week.